How's that? Better? I've gone the wrong way. That's a good start. Jenny apologises for not being here. I'm sorry you've gotten me instead of her. Not nearly as good looking. But there you go. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, she's, uh, she was full of faith yesterday and feeling better. She had the flu and just last night got her. And um, I'm a little bit bleary-eyed because she was coughing most of the night. Uh, we, we got there and I started preparing around about 5.30. But I, we had something, I had something in mind and we talked about the possibility of it happening. But she really felt she'd be okay. So she apologises, and maybe another time uh, she'll be able to bring that message. She was going to share on the principle inside out. We're looking at a, a series of being transformed. And um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure you remember when I last <laughs> preached. Yeah. It was two weeks ago, wasn't it? It was two weeks ago. Transformed, I was sharing on being transformed to reign in life. And um, I took that verse from 1 Peter, which says that we have been born again, not with a perishable seed, but an imperishable seed. That being the Word of God. The abiding Word of God. We've been born again by an imperishable seed. It's a seed. It starts off in a seed form in our spirit. And we looked at that, that thought from, he, from Hebrews chapter 4 that uh, we are made body, soul and spirit. Yes. And the word of God can divide between the body, the soul and the spirit. In John 1, 12, and pop that one up on the screen... We read, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're born of God. We have the seed of his word, his spirit, Within our spirit. And one of the issues that we face is that most of us live from our soul area. Our soul involves our our, uh, feelings, our emotions, our perception, our reasoning... All of these areas of the mind, and we live from those feelings and from those emotions and from those beliefs that perhaps have been instilled into us, even from our, most of us, from our early childhood. A friend of of mine once said, I really need a brain transplant. (laughs) You know, I, I just want just a new brain. And, my, and my, most of us, I think, can probably relate to that. Yeah. We can think, yeah, well, if I, 
it's, I just let myself down all the time with my thoughts and, and with my feelings. And I thought that when I got born again, all this would change. And, you know, it says that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, but I don't feel like a new creature in Christ Jesus. Therefore, perhaps I'm not. Therefore, perhaps I haven't got it yet. Perhaps I'm not good enough. Perhaps I'm a failure. Perhaps God got it wrong when he, got, when he asked me to become one of his children. And those sort of thoughts and doubts can get into our mind, into our, into our soul area, and we can live our lives, even though we're born-again Christians, out of that whole belief pattern. Now, I'd like us to just put up a diagram that I used a couple of weeks ago, which illustrates the body, soul, and spirit. So we are a spirit with a soul and a body. And our spirit has become new in Christ Jesus. However, it talks about in Romans that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. So the question is, how does that take place? We know that we have this seed which wants to grow and sprout and influence every area of our lives. And we know at some point in time that our body is actually going to die and let us down. And it's not quite what it was when, for those of us that are older, when we were 25, right? It's sort of not quite up to what it used to do as we get older. But even though... The Apostle Paul says we're, we're, we're in a state of decline physically. We're being renewed in our spirit. How does that happen? If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I shared on the thought that, the, that faith is the valve that is turned with the Word of God. That faith comes in and lets the Spirit... And what God gives us into our spirit flow into our mind area and into our soul. And the more time we spend turning that valve and letting that, the faith of God flow through our lives, the more victory we have in him. Now we stand right now each of us that are born again in God's love, in his acceptance, in his spirit, knowing that we're born again, knowing that we're loved and accepted and we have a destiny with him. But we also have a destiny to rule and reign in this life. And that is dependent very much on our belief system and on our faith. So faith, we have grace, we have the free gift of salvation, the free gift of his love, that God is for us, irrespective of how perhaps we may live. But if we want to meet our destiny, we have to marry that with faith. 
There's a scripture, is, as I referred to in Hebrews 4, and um, I'll just read that to you. I haven't got it up on the overhead because time has been a little bit limited uh, with prep. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. This might seem a little bit strange when we we read in Hebrews, and the whole message of Hebrews is about the fact that we're a priesthood, that we're a holy chosen people that God has accepted us and loved us in Christ. And here we read, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, lest us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not, it was not united by faith with those who listened. See, grace comes freely. And I remember when I really got a hold of the message of grace, I thought, this is marvelous, this is wonderful. And it was just such a relief, a relief to know that irrespective of, of my behavior, irrespective of the fact that I failed sometimes and I had some misbeliefs and, and so on, I knew I was loved and accepted by God. And that was just fantastic. Because I've been brought up in my Christian life on a behavioral gospel which told me that the acceptance I had from God was dependent on my behavior. And I read this and I think, hold on a minute. Can we fail if we've entered his rest? And the answer is, No, but it can seem that way. And he uses the illustration of the children of Israel who got stuck in the wilderness and died in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Because of the ten spies that didn't believe and sowed doubt in the congregation. And there were two that did believe who went on and went on into the promised land 40 years later and led the children of Israel in, like Joshua did. And the problem for the children of Israel was that the, the, the promise was not mixed with faith. And grace to be active and effective in our lives now needs to be mixed with faith. For I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus through faith by God's grace. So we attach to grace through faith. But that's ongoing. And if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I shared on the life of Joseph and, and how he had a vision. And that vision stayed with him in the pit, in Potiphar's house, in prison and took him to the palace. And even though he went through tremendous discouragement, he endured lies, he endured the persecution of his brothers, 
the lies of Potiphar's wife, the time of seeming wasting away in prison, and sometimes we can be in prison to our thoughts and to our beliefs. Even though he spent that time caught up in adverse situations, he held to his vision. He stood on what God had said to him. And even though he seemed to get further away from that calling and that purpose and that vision, God still showed up. He still believed. And when each time came for him to speak out and bring understanding in the area of dreams and interpretation, he was ready to do it. In other words... He was getting further and further away when he went into slavery, when he went into servitude, when he went into prison. He still believed. The Bible says that without faith it is impossible to please God. And each of us that have accepted Christ have pleased God in that we've had the faith to accept him because we've accepted he who we could not see. And Jesus himself said that we would be blessed. But many of us stay with our childhood conclusions and beliefs in this life and we miss our destiny because we're locked up And the valve of faith has not been released. Thank you. So I believe the call of God is to move on past that. And to unite our faith with the grace that we've received. I want to share a little this morning on the fact that, you know, I, I was talking about the fact that children of Israel had got to a place where they didn't mix the promise that God had given them with faith. But it got to a place where they went through the, the, that generation died and they went through the wilderness and they came to the promised land again. And Joshua was, was there and he said, now it's time to go over. But you see, Moses had been the one they'd been dependent on. And it says that Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, Joshua, be strong and courageous, get up and go in to the land. The people had been grieving and mourning Moses for 30 days. And I know that there is a time for grief. And some of us are going through that. But there's also a time to recognise that things have changed and we move on. And we can stay in a place of grief 
We can stay in a place where we get frozen. And there are times when we need to just travel and go through that. But there are also times that God brings us through to a place where we can once again function and be positive and believe God for his promises. And the children of Israel had come to that place after 30 days of mourning for Moses. God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, be strong and courageous. Get up and cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. And Joshua sent out spies into the promised land. And the the first place they came to was Jericho. And there were two spies there that went into Jericho. And the king of Jericho got onto them. And they hid in the house of a woman called Rahab. And she sent the king and his soldiers off on a wild goose chase in a different direction. And she said to the spies, now, now I know who you are and I know where you're from and we're all in fear of the children of Israel and we know what God has done for you and we know how God has delivered you and fed you in the wilderness and defeated your enemies and brought you out of Egypt. Therefore, we know you're going to take this land. And she made them swear to her that she would be saved and her household. Now, Rahab was a prostitute. And she's referred to in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith... Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. For Rahab, it would have been perhaps a natural inclination to give them up. To her own people, the people that she knew, the king that ruled that town, the authorities. But she took a risk. She took a risk to believe. To get out of perhaps her way of life and the way she had lived, she was a prostitute. And align herself with the people of God. And we know the story, don't we, that um, she was saved and her household that were in that house when the children of Israel came and conquered Jericho. Rahab had faith. Rahab was quite exceptional because she, even though her lifestyle said one thing, she took a step to take herself out of that. And it was accounted for her as righteousness. By faith, the prostitute did not perish with those, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome. In the eyes of many, she would have been disqualified because of what she was. 
But God accepted her and saved her because of her faith. You see, it was not about her lifestyle. If we look at the woman that um, washed Jesus' feet with her tears, it was not about her lifestyle and what she had been and what she had done. She became one of Jesus' disciples, one of those that followed her. Even though the religious people judged her. You see, we have a mindset sometimes about people's behavior and the way they are which is not God's mindset. The Lord looks at our heart. Irrespective of our behaviour and the way and the reasons why we are the way we are and the way we have acted and our behaviour in the past. And many of us are shackled by that behaviour and by that shame. And it would be very easy... For Rahab to have been like that. Even in, as she joined the children of Israel after Jericho was taken and became part, she would have been outside the camp because she was not an Israeli. Yet we read that in her lineage, Christ came out of her lineage, yeah. as did King David. So she was to be a very significant woman. She knew what was going on in the world. She had heard what was being said about Israel. She was able to distinguish what was going on around her. And she was able to filter the fear that was, I guess, taking hold of Jericho at that time. And see when those two spies came in, that they could be her deliverance. Because she trusted and saw that God was in control in the affairs of men. And we can look at our world today, and the world thinks that it might need a new president. (laughs) It might need a new economy. And we listen to the news and we listen to the negative stuff and, and sure, it's good to know what's going on, but at the point of the time, we can watch all sorts of stuff and see all sorts of things that influence our mindset and cause us to be set in a place of negativity rather than a place of faith. Yeah. And I know for a time, sometimes we can be thinking, I just want to blob out, put my feet up, flick Netflix on, just cool, cool out. And then at the end of the evening we think, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel, ugh? What are you taking in? What was she taking in and what was she making it mean? How are we influenced? You see, she'd been positioned, even though she was a prostitute, even though she was a woman, if you like, that lived 
in sin. She had been positioned for a certain time, and this was the time. This was significant. Her home was significant because it was on the wall. And from the wall, the spies could be let down without going through the gates. And they found their way there. And she became an answer for them. A salvation, if you like, to save them and their lives. But it also brought about salvation for others. You see, what we have gone through in life is not necessarily about us. In fact, it shouldn't be about us. It could be what God has done in our hearts and lives and so on through those things. But even though our life might seem to be and our past might seem to be a mistake and a disaster and a place of of shame that we don't want to refer to, God has positioned us through our lives. And we might have been set up with beliefs around shame and, uh, and, and all, all of those things through what we have done and the life that we have lived, but God is saying, no, I've, I'm in control. I'm in control of your past. You don't have to be concerned and worry and shameful and keep rep- repenting for what you've done. It's all wiped away. I've forgotten about it. Why don't you? Hey? I've forgotten about it. Why don't you? But through it, you are who you are, and I've positioned you for a time such as this. To bring about a great deliverance. To bring about hope for others. To be an answer for others, but perhaps are going a similar journey and a similar path to what you have gone. You have answers for others. Rahab decided to step up irrespective of her beliefs about herself. Because she had a bigger picture. And she saw something here that was the future and not about the past and not about covering herself not about fearing those around her who were familiar to her but actually stepping out into a new arena perhaps there'd be misunderstanding if they knew she would have been in serious trouble She saved her whole household. You see, God often speaks through different situations that we face and circumstances that challenge us. And one of the... And we've just got to be open to what God is saying. Because every morning is new. And I was kind of reminded yesterday of how new each morning is. Who remembers... Blackbird has spoken. Who was that? Cat Stevens. Remember that song? 
Who would like to sing that for me? No, no, I can't remember all the words. Honestly, honestly, I can't. Do you know the words, Sandra? Anyway, Blackbird has spoken like the first morning. It's like a hymn, right? It's a lovely, lovely, lovely song. Well, I was looking out of, I was looking out of uh, <coughs> the um, kitchen window and we'd just had our lawn scorified. Um, and there was a blackbird. I knew it was blackbird because it was black. <laughs> and he was, he was getting the worms out, you know? He was busy. He was, he was having quite a good time, actually. He was quite successful. There were quite a few worms around. So he wasn't eating them himself. He'd pick them up, have one in his... And then he'd drop it, and then he'd have another dig, get another one, and then pick the one up that he dropped. And then off he'd go. So it wasn't about him. It was about some little babies in a nest somewhere. A little bit later, I think it's probably about an hour later, I was back in the kitchen. It sounds like I spend my life in the kitchen, doesn't it? <laughs> Actually, I do. So, I'm the cook. At the time, I'd been doing breakfast and cleaning up. Um, he was back. I don't know how many times he'd been there since I'd, I was gone and back again, but an hour later, there he was, doing the same thing, collecting the words, taking them off to his nest. And, and it kind of wasn't lost on me because <laughs> I thought, oh, that's interesting. What's that about? You know, sometimes something gets your attention. Often in nature, I find that. And sometimes God speaks to me through nature. I guess that he, he does, doesn't he? He speaks through nature. There are all sorts of illustrations and stories. But anyway, a couple of hours later, I was visiting um, Kara and helping her, helping her eat her lunch. And a few months ago, she couldn't do that. And we were having a bit of a laugh, and, um, which again is a, a real positive thing that we haven't had too many of. But it's sort of... She really enjoys eating, and I was really having her on about it. And I was telling her about the blackbird, and she laughed. And I thought, here am I, like the black... By the way, the blackbird... A black, the black blackbird is the male bird. I don't know whether you realise that. And the female's the darky brown one. So I didn't lose the significance, for me, of that picture that sometimes we go through a season, you know, that blackbird is going through a season where he's having to work really, really hard. It's not an easy time when those little birds are in the nest. It's not an easy time when those little baby birds are dependent and they live or die on their parents' provision and love and care. And there is a season that we go through where we have to work hard, not for ourselves, but for others. Yeah. And those of us that parents know that, who are parents know that, there are time. And sometimes that doesn't go away, it sometimes comes back. But we'll always be there 
for our children. And in the same way in the kingdom of God, there are times that we have been through stuff that we might feed others, right? There are times when we go through perhaps difficult times and it's all about bringing others to birth and strengthening them and getting them to a place where they really mature and take wing and fly. And Rahab made a choice. And for her, it was the, conse- the consequence was that she, she came to a place where she was delivered and her household were delivered. That's what God has for each one of us. It's about others. Maybe what you're going through is about others. And sometimes we can get stuck in that place where it just seems too hard. And we, we sink down. You know, when the children of Israel got to Jericho and they started walking round once, next day twice, six times, and then on the seventh day it was seven times, wasn't it? Did they feel foolish? Yes, they must have felt a little bit foolish. They would have been insulted from the walls and had thrown stuff thrown at them. And, and sometimes we, can go th- we get a call from God where he calls us and says, are you prepared to be a fool for Christ? Are you prepared to believe when others don't? Are you prepared to get out of your natural thinking and stuckness and get into a place where faith has a free flow in your life where you begin to believe for miracles you know sometimes we can be on the way and think well I've done my bit let others get on with it but you know it says in Hebrews fear that even though you are in the rest you actually seem to fail to enter into it. Because grace needs to be put together with faith. Amen? Amen. The musicians that like to come will draw the morning to a close. I just want us to lay a hold of that faith this morning. To open our hearts to faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there are many challenges in this place. There are many that are going through grief and, and pain and difficulty in life. But Lord, you have promised that there is a future and there is a hope. That even through the difficult times... You are there with us. 
And there are those going through difficult times in, with grief and loss. There are others perhaps going through time of recovery from broken relationship. Those that are struggling with sickness, with relationships. I just want you to just rise up and say, let's, let's just stand together. We're going to worship him now. Let's just believe for that faith to come in. Not to fail to enter his rest. You can rest in him. He has an answer for you. But maybe there's some beliefs that need changing. Amen.